Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. It is getting closer to spring. Um, I'm noticing that people are enjoying the little bit of warmth in the weather and we're there's just a little bit of a sense of hopefulness uh, for spring and for warmth and for um, things changing. So I thought I'd change things up a little bit today and I moved from that side of the room to this side of the room. Of course, this couch looks so much different than the other one and a different plant and a different lamp and really mixing it up as we start this new series called A Beautiful Community. And um, when it comes to talking about beautiful communities, one of the things that makes them beautiful is the idea that there's something different about the people in that community. And as we think about a community of Jesus followers and faith and it, and it actually working out in daily life, something I've noticed over the years is that a lot of people struggle to equate following Jesus, having faith in Jesus with actually making a change in daily living. And for a lot of people, they, they're finding that faith isn't working for them. It's not, it's not it's not making a difference in their daily living. And I think for many, many years, our Western culture, society, has been saying to Christians and to the church, we're not interested in what you're peddling because we don't see any difference between you and us. We've met lots of Christians and they don't behave any differently than anybody else does. So what is the value in having faith in Jesus? And I think we need to pay attention to that message. And, and I wonder if, if the church has kind of just ignored that and dismissed it and called it a, a lack of faith. But here's what I suspect. In your own life, you struggle to equate faith in Jesus with making a difference in your life, that there are things in your life that you want to be different and you've been trying to change that, but it, it hasn't been working. So what you want to have happen and what actually is in your life is disconnected and it's not lining up. And there are times that you're likely feeling frustrated with your own faith. And if Jesus is supposed to bring about life uh, change or inner change and life transformation, then why isn't that happening more? And I think a lot of people are asking those questions. And that's a lot to do with, um, particularly when we're together in community, that people don't see a big difference in how we treat each other, how we behave. And that's, people are watching culture. They're watching the culture of the church and wondering, is there something different here? Is there something attractive? And more often than not, they're not experiencing it. They're not seeing it. And so we are going to revisit. We've been doing this fairly often over the last um, many years of saying, what do we value? The things that we value, particularly at New Life, uh, can help to create what I call a beautiful community. And these are the, the cultural values that we have, that when someone walks in the door, when someone is in our midst, they notice that there's something different. And they find it attractive, and they want to be part of that. 
So I've taken our, our cultural values and kind of broken them up into three different areas of transformation, connection, and serving. And so this week we're just looking at our cultural values around, around putting relationships first, around establishing an atmosphere of trust, and living authentically with one another. And that these are all things that are wrapped up in this idea of the inner transformation that we want to see uh, in our own lives, that you want in your life. But the other piece to that is the transformation of a community into something beautiful. So I want to read something that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, in his letter to the Corinthian Christians. So Christians who were gathered in the church in Corinth, they were in a number of of house churches throughout the city, uh, and they were kind of considered one group of Christians. And the Apostle Paul is writing to them. He's written a couple letters. He's had some interaction with them. And then um, this this letter is, is identified in the New Testament as 2 Corinthians. And Paul is talking about um, how some of them are, are wrestling with his, his credentials. And he is essentially saying to them, listen, you are our credentials. You are like a letter that is written. And it's, it's a letter written on your hearts that when people see you, they see something different. And then he talks about the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord changing people, the glory of the Lord being present. And he compares their situation living under the new covenant in Jesus, to the old covenant with Moses. And this is in chapter 3. And then at verse 16, um, which is part of what was read for you this morning, Paul writes this, Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. He was talking about a veil being put over people's eyes uh, when they heard the, the old covenant being read. So whenever someone turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And there's a lot that Paul talks about in those three verses in 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, and 18. And I want to just draw out a couple things from that passage. And, and there's this idea that when we turn to Jesus, you know, it, it's like there's a film that's lifted off of our eyes. And if you watch the video that I encourage you to watch before this morning's message, it was about uh, the Met painting that was restored and it's a it's the video is just about a, a painting that has the film removed off of it so the vibrancy of the painting comes out and I think when we turn to Jesus we actually see God for the very first time not in the way that our clouded lives have portrayed him but in the way that he is and Jesus is showing us who God truly is so when we turn to Jesus, we get to experience God uh, for the very first time. And many of you uh, remember what that was like. But I think following Jesus is to realize that he is regularly um, uh, helping us know God more and see God in new ways and in more and more vibrancy and color of life. So he says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And then as he's going on from there, he talks about uh, 
the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So there's this idea that, you know, when we talk about transformation, we see God for the very first time the way God really is, and that does something to us, and we find ourselves drawn into, into God's life, into what God is calling us to. And part of that involves this idea of freedom, that when we see who God is and we choose to move towards God, that is creating a freedom from, from the things in our lives that we've been trying to deal with for years and haven't been able to see any change. So, you know, turning to Jesus and seeing who God is for the first time includes being freed from some of the stuff in our lives that we want out of there. And scripturally, the authors like Paul would call that the old self. And he regularly, in his letter writing, said, put off the old self, put on the new self that we have in Christ. So it's a freedom from things, but it's also a freedom to things. That we have the freedom to now walk with Jesus and to live in ways that he's calling us into. And the more that we are able to do this, we find a growing sense of change, inner change in our heart. And the things that we're desiring in life actually become the things that God wants for us. And so there's this wonderful um, development taking place that we're being freed from the things that have been holding us in, in bondage. And, and there's a whole variety of things that could be. You know what it is in your life that, that, has, that you at least have begun to experience being freed from. And maybe you're in the, the process, the journey of that freedom still continuing and it's moving you to something. So there's a freedom from and a freedom to in verse 17. And then in verse 18, which is really where I, I want to focus for just the remainder of our time, Paul says, we have all had the veil removed when we've turned to the Lord. And we can see God's glory and then we reflect God's glory. And then the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more like Him as we're changed into His glorious image. And there's this idea of turning to the Lord, having the veil lifted. We see God for the very first time. We experience a freedom from and a freedom to. And then as we begin to live together, this wonderful thing happens. We begin to not only see God's glory, but we reflect it. And a reflection is about what somebody sees from a certain angle. And, and, and I think what Paul is, is talking about here is how we show the world who God is, how we show our culture and our society who God is as we are transformed into God's image. I think people are longing, they're, they're longing for examples of not only individuals who, who are filled with love and, and the kind of individuals that we would say are like Jesus, I think people in our culture, people in our, our societies, our neighborhoods, I think people around the world are longing for a community of people who reflect the beautiful things that we see in Jesus. And as I said earlier, I think for a, for a, a long time and in, in many cases, um, the people in our, our societies and our neighborhoods, they're just not seeing it. They don't see anything different 
with community of people in the church compared to any other community uh, of nice people that are getting together. And I think what Paul is saying here is if we are truly turning to the Lord and having that veil lifted and being freed from and freed to, then we are seeing God's glory and we're beginning to reflect that to the world. And, and people begin to take notice. They begin to see what God looks like. And, and more specifically, they begin to see what faith in Jesus looks like when it's lived out in daily life in community. And I suspect you want to experience that just as much as anybody else. And I think what Paul is saying is that we have the opportunity to not only see God, but to reflect God, to show the world what Jesus is like in our daily living. And Paul says that's happening as the Spirit of God is making us more and more like Him as we're changed into uh, His glorious image. And I think we have to pay attention that what Paul is saying in, in verse 18 is that God is the one who brings about the change, not us. And in elsewhere, in other writings where Paul writes, there's this sense of partnership. Um, you know, just a little bit later in chapter 5, Paul says, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, um, they are made into a new creation. And so there's this sense of us partnering with God. Peter talks about us sharing in God's life. Um, the Apostle Peter wrote about that. Um, again, Paul's language that he uses in other letters about um, putting on the new self that we have in Christ, about choosing to walk with the Spirit is what he writes about in the letter to the Galatians. And when we open up to what God wants to do in our lives and, and we begin to allow Him to do that, that's where that transformation is taking place and we become more and more like Him. So transformation can happen. It will happen. It, it does happen. And I want to encourage you to take a bit of time and think about in your own life when you know that there was a transformation that took place. You know that there was something significant going on. And think back to what was happening when that took place. See, transformation isn't something passive. When when the biblical uh, authors or the leaders in the early church like Paul are writing about this transformation, um, it's not this passive thing where we just sit back and, and somehow hocus pocus, uh, God is doing something in our lives to change us. There's a sense of partnering with. And when you read the biblical account, as you go through uh, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, into the, into the New Testament, the teachings of Jesus, the letters of the early uh, church leaders, you get the sense that, that God is not about just dictating and, and manipulating and controlling, that God is about inviting into relationship. And relationship is about a shared give and take. It's about mutuality. Uh, it's about partnering. And so God's work in this world is about partnering with us. God's work in our, uh, in our church family is about us partnering with Him. God's work in your life is about your willingness uh, 
to both give and receive. It's about mutually sharing in the experience with the Spirit of God. And so it's not passive, it's, it's active. So, we're talking lots about transformation, this passage in here, which is beautiful, that we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and, and that means we're experiencing it in our own lives and people are able to witness that. And I started off at the beginning by, by saying, like, there are probably things in your life that you want to see changed and you've been trying to change them and it's not happening. So how does transformation actually happen? Well, I think it's part of a journey um, that more often than not, uh, there are kind of miraculous transformations that take place. And someone will say, I was just freed from drugs and it just stopped and the desires went away. But for every person that shares that story, there are countless others that will talk about the ongoing battle and struggle of trying to be freed from that. And so there's a sense of journey in transformation. And of course, in our culture where, where most things are now instant and we, we struggle with instant gratification, the idea of journeying into a new self uh, can be frustrating and disheartening at times. And yet the reality is um, that's what happens and it happens in communities. So I think one of the ways that transformation happens, and this is where I, I kind of want to just bring this hopefully all together, I think one of the most profound ways that you will experience transformation in your life and that the, the societies around us will look at the church, will look at our new life family and see that there's something radically different and attractive about us is when we begin to take the teachings of Jesus seriously. And, and I'm not suggesting that we aren't because I, I suspect most of us have this deep faith in Jesus and and yet at the same time, there are parts of our faith that we want to be more real than what they truly are. And so my invitation is this. Um, let's take the teachings of Jesus seriously. So in, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is a, a series of teachings of Jesus in, in the book of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7, at the very end of that, Jesus in Matthew 7 verse 24 says, anyone who listens to this teaching that I've given you and then puts it into practice is like a wise person who built their house on rock instead of on sand so that when the storms of life came, the house stood firm. And here's Jesus giving this profound teaching. We're told that people were amazed at the teaching that he offered them. It was so different than anything they'd ever heard. And here's Jesus saying, and the wise person hears what I've said and then puts it into practice. And I want to invite you along with myself. I'm inviting myself into this. Let's turn once again to what Jesus called us to, what Jesus has asked us to do, and let's take him seriously and begin to put those into practice. And I think more and more, when we, when we hear what Jesus is asking us to do and we do it, that is going to bring about the transformation that we're longing for. And I think we're really good and crafty and cagey 
uh, in the church at talking about the teachings of Jesus, at talking about how we love Jesus and how we follow Jesus. But I think we struggle, and I suspect you struggle, with actually trusting him enough to actually do what he is asking you to do. So I'm going to invite you into a one-week experiment. Maybe let's say two weeks, but we'll start with this week. If we want to take the teaching of Jesus seriously and give him a try and, and seek for the transformation that he, that he wants us to experience in our lives, then let's start with this. Read from, uh, from Luke chapter 6. I just want to pull this up. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. I want you to practice this with me this week. So I, I thought, well, hey, let's do something radical where Jesus says to the, to the rich young ruler, sell everything you have and then come follow me. So let's put that teaching into practice. I want all of you this week to sell all your possessions and, uh, and then start following Jesus. Eh, maybe not too many people will, will take me up on that one. I'm not sure I want to do that myself. Um, and again, I'm not sure that's really how we need to read that. But let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Jesus says this, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together, to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. He's not talking about giving money. He's talking about giving forgiveness. And he's talking about giving grace and mercy. Do not judge, do not condemn. So for one week, I want to invite you to try the teachings of Jesus. Whenever you see someone that you are um, maybe uh, um, initially wanting to be judgmental towards or be condemning of, stop yourself and instead think about ways that you could extend grace and mercy and love and forgiveness towards that person. And, and talk with somebody about this. Do it together when you see somebody or you catch one another being judgmental or critical of another person. Call each other out on it and say, hey, let's practice what Jesus called us to, not being judgmental, not being condemning, and instead let's be gracious and forgiving and full of love towards that person and think that way or behave that way towards them. Would you be willing to experiment with me this week? Later uh, this week, we'll put a post on our New Life Online page. We've started a new group for New Life only. You have to um, ask to be invited into it. We're, we're putting the invitation out. You can click on the links. And um, we'll put a post up later this week that says, how did it go? Did you try the teaching of Jesus from Luke 6? Leave us a comment and tell us how it went. You don't have to use names, but just say, hey, was it helpful? Let's experiment together and see if actually following the teachings of Jesus works. And if transformation doesn't begin to happen for you. So I'm inviting you to do that with me. I will do it with you. And, uh, and we'll, see, we'll see what happens and what comes from it that we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. I hope it's encouraging for you this week, the, the idea that maybe, um, maybe this, this would be what you need next in your life transformation. And we'll celebrate that together. Thanks for, for listening and, uh, and tuning in. Let's pray. The world wants to know, Father, that when we put our faith in Jesus, that it makes a difference, not just in an abstract way, 
but it affects our daily living. And it's not just the world who wants to know that. We want to know that ourselves. And so I pray for every person who is willing to to take what you've called us to, Jesus, and begin to live out what you've called us to and to trust you that the inner transformation we're longing for will begin to happen in new and fresh ways for each and every one. And together, I pray that in community, we would experience and sense that difference, the transformation not only of our individual selves, but of our family. And we trust you with that. And we thank you in advance for what you are about to do. Amen. Amen. Uh, check New Life Online Facebook group later this week. A post will go up. Um, and, uh, and you can tell us about how it's going. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye for now.